You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with John Omlor. John is a business coach for coaches and consultants. She's been a coach for over 11 years, but recently got online and scaled her business to over 2 million. She was broke, a 54-year-old solo parent, and she's done all of this through cracking the code on organic marketing without ads, complicated tech, or drama. She also has something she calls the beyond mindset. And I cannot wait to get into the good stuff with you, John. How are you? I'm great, Noah. Thanks for having me on this show. Fantastic. (laughs) So John, do you want to share a little bit about what you would say is your superpower, that thing that is just something you've been proud to hone through the years? Right. I'd say my superpower is seeing greatness in other people. And, 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 and being the catalyst to bring that out. So I love your show as the big possible because that's exactly how I think. So, so the superpower is that I see people, you know, it's like the movie, I see dead people. I don't see dead people, <laughs> I see people. And my superpower is seeing what greatness they have in them and bringing that out. Incredible. Yeah. And so this is exactly why I resonated with you so much, because this is, you know, really what the core mission of the big possible is. And so, you know, I love to celebrate people who are out there taking risks, finding the courage to shake off those limiting beliefs and step into what they're possible of. So with Mm -hmm. that in mind, do you want to share a story just so people can kind of relate that, you know, everyone has to go through some challenges in life. Do you want to share a story of one of the biggest risks that you've taken in your life and what was going on through your head at the time? Absolutely. Um, I've had a lot of risks, but I think risks are riskier when there are other people involved named children. So, uh, you know, because I've always taken risks, but I think the biggest risk was to go out on my own. Um, I was not in a good marriage and to go out on my own and even though I had no backup, I had not worked in years. I, I was not a coach at that point. I had a one-year-old and a four-year-old on my hands in New York City, no income. And that was the biggest risk was I'm, I'm going to go out on my own anyway. So huge risk, a lot of fear. And I had to figure out what I was going to do next. And, you know, it wasn't easy. I won't lie. It was not easy, you know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I hate to be that person like, oh, it was so hard, but it wasn't easy. Let's put it that way. So that that was the biggest risk. of I didn't know that I would. And it took a while, you know, because I didn't just become a million dollar coach. I, I, I did all that stuff offline that, that I don't recommend people do now. And then, you know, all of that. But from that, I did learn how to shortcut this whole process for people by not doing what I did at first. So that that was the risk. Yeah. One of them. Mm. Yes, I, I think we'll get into. I think a little bit later in the, in the chat, we'll talk about some of those some of those tips that you do share with with your clients, and also what's worked for you. But um, I think for starters, you know, we talked we touched on it just briefly about kind of what your mission is um, and kind of what your superpower is. But if you can share a little bit more around 
what you feel you're really doing to impact the world in a positive way, because so many people don't really think that as individuals, we have the capability to actually make a dent. And I think through our collective effort of everybody doing their part to bend mm -hmm. things in the positive direction, mm. that collective effort can go a long way. So, Right. I mean, we all make a dent and I totally, you know, what's important is that people do well. If people do well, we, we either you have a family or you don't, or you, you know, everybody needs to do well and they need to, to do something that they at least like, right? So for instance, coaches, they really want to coach. There's so many coaches out there that are really good at the actual coaching, but they're not good at the business part. And mm -hmm. that's most coaches. I, I was not good at the business part. I was always really good at coaching, but I had to learn the business part and I had to learn how to get clients and sell. I was terrible at marketing. I was terrible at all that stuff. So this was not a natural thing. I was used to be an actress and I was awful at selling myself as an actress as well. It was like, I just want to act. So uh, the, the value, and I say, I hate to say the value I provide, but the, the, the help and, and goodness that I'm providing to people, let's put it that way, is I'm, we, my company, because it's not just me now, we help coaches to actually make money and make it a viable business. And when you are coaching and you're bringing money in and it's high ticket, because I help with high ticket, because I don't mess around with $100 offers. That's mm -hmm. later. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you're worth it. You're worthy. You're ready right now. And, and that confidence building of, oh, I can do this, that already changes their mindset and their lives from the very first moment they start working with us. And then they start getting clients. All of a sudden, their life is completely changed. If they're single, their life has changed because they can stop the job that they were at maybe or, or actually have a good life. Or if they have families, then it completely changes all of that. So there's great, a great, not value. I think the value word is thrown around so much. There's a gift in that for people that we can help you have a viable business, make a lot of money and, and, and feel good about yourself. And also the peace of mind that comes with that, because mm -hmm. really all anybody wants is peace of mind. And if you're coaching and you're making enough money, well, it's not just because you want enough money. You want to make money to have peace of mind that your family is fed, your kids are going to the school they want to go to, or if you're single that, you know, you're not deep in debt anymore. So it's really about, and the beyond mindset piece I was talking about is about that peace of mind because nobody just wants to make money just to make money. That's a fact. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And I think, you know, really dialing into the, the waterfall effect that, that happens. I think that's something that as the more I kind of help other people, you know, entrepreneurs find that peace of mind knowing that that waterfall effect goes into like the relationships that they have at home at their mm -hmm. office and then seeing those relationships then improve and that waterfall i mean it's so powerful but let's exactly. let's talk then, yeah oh, go one, ahead. i just i want to just say one of my clients came in and she said the second we st i started working with you i felt an energetic shift and that's mm -hmm. great i love that but then she started making money and she got to 12,000 in less than a month. And she said, it's not just about the money. It's about the validation because she'd been coaching for a while and never made a lot of money. She said, also, I am actually communicating differently with my kids these days because everything changed. And that is what I'm talking about. It's, it's more than just money. Sorry, I interrupted, mm -hmm. but I want to 
You reminded me of that. Yes, I'm glad that I'm glad you did. So actually let's let's talk about the money piece. So what what are some of the the, the things that you get like from you know, let's walk through the stages. You know, first first client comes in. How do we give them the key to unlock that beyond mindset to now take control of their money and then step into this new level of, of existence? Right. Okay. So there's two things. There's always good strategy and there's mindset. And they both have to be neck and neck all the time. Because if you have a great strategy, but you don't have like you're not working on the mindset. And I don't mean need to fix your mindset. I hate when people go, go fix your mindset like a car, just fix it. I don't mean that. I never mean that because I was making money and my mindset was not yet optimal. I was working on it as I was getting clients. So this thing of you do one and then you do another. No, I don't believe we have to, you know, do to have, and then we get to be, I think we need to be, and being, then you're doing and you're having all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So the beyond mindset is while we are teaching our clients to go out and go out, you know, to, to be able to attract, get clients it's t- together. So it's not like you need to wait and you need to fix your mindset before you can do anything. That's wrong. And I hear a lot of mindset coaches saying that, oh, you can't be successful to you fix your mindset. It's not true. It's not true. It's all a process and nobody's ever truly fixed anyway. We're not fixed. Mm -hmm. We're moving. So it's really about working on optimizing your mindset so that it's getting better as you're doing the work. That's how I see it. So it's a dance and they got to be neck and neck. So beyond the mindset, it really is the first one of the one of the things there's a lot that we're helping with with mindset. One of the things is normalizing those numbers. See, people get stuck with this idea that 10K is just so much money. Well, 10K is decent. Definitely. And 10K a month really is kind of like the hallmark of starting to make it as a coach, right? Mm-hmm. But we get our clients to a point where, we, you know, if they're not yet making 10K, okay. But then it's normalizing that, okay, 10K. But what now is normal is now normal is 20K. And then when they're at 20K, it's like, oh, 10K was great, but now normal for me is 20K. And then right. normal for them becomes 30K. And then it's, 50K. So then a person that's now making 50 to 100K a month, if they have a 10K month, that's a bad month, right? So right. It's, it's all perception about money is just numbers. It's just numbers. And when you understand it's just your perception of numbers and that you will always find somebody to pay if you, you have to, you start then to zone in and not more, more, not really attracting so much, but creating See, also the beyond mindset part is you are creating your reality. Now, some things you have zero control over. That is just life. We have zero control over certain things. We all agree on that, right? Certain things we have no control over. But it's taking control over what you have control, and that is your mind. You have control over what you're thinking, and people don't think they do. And so there's that with, of course, the strategy that does work. Beautiful, beautifully said. And it's, and it's, you, you have so much passion behind all of that too. Okay. So the first step is, so what are some of the things in relation to the mindset that you found particularly helpful, whether it's habits or whether it's uh, filling your head with the right information? Is it validation? Like what have you found to be just the thing that keeps people from uh, showing up with their, their shirt wrinkled every day. You know, that, that's kind of the, the, the analogy I like is like, you know, you have to iron your shirt every day to keep it, 
or your mind. Mm -hmm. If you think of your mind like a shirt, you got to get in there every single day and do the work. What are some of the things that you found to keep that mindset from, from getting dull and just staying sharp and positive? Well, it's interesting you say that because I call it mind landscaping. So it's the same thing that it's a garden. Uh -huh. right. We're landscaping the garden. There's some weeds. Let's pull them out. No big deal. There's a few weeds. Pull them out. It's not ruined the landscape. It's just we're going to optimize, pull the weeds out, grow some flowers here, make this beautiful, right? So the one of the tools is called a morning mindset ritual or formula, okay? And if you get up in the morning, now in the morning is when all those negative thoughts come to us. It's just proven. When you wake up in the morning, it's called the wake up in the morning problem because you your mind has been working on those problems overnight, especially if you're thinking about it before you go to bed. Have you noticed that when you wake up, that's when the thoughts descend when something's not going right, Noah? Yes. Right. Okay. So what you do is you got to create a fortress in the morning by doing a morning mindset ritual formula. And I actually have one in my program. I show them what I do and then they can use whatever they want. But that is how to optimize is nip it in the bud in the morning by becoming a beast in the morning so that no matter what happens in the day, you already have your dose of like force field kind of thing. Okay. You've already gotten yourself an optimal mindset with whatever you're going to do. And I, I recommend certain things, but people can choose because we have various mindset trainings and it's really important that people resonate with what works for them. Okay. So nobody has to do exactly what I'm doing in the morning. Some people do some prayer or they do some meditation and then they do some affirmations or they do this or principles or, or whatever, or they also do. And I'm big on mind movies. I'm big on psycho cybernetics creative visualization and picturing, okay? So when you, and this has been proven, and athletes do it, top people have done this for hundreds of years. When you picture how you want things to be, you are also, as I say, creating that because your mind is then being impressed upon your mind how you want things to be. And then you're not, as I keep saying this, you're not like a small boat on a raging ocean. You're now the ocean liner because you anchored yourself, you have control, over anchoring yourself. You do. You don't have control over the waves, but you have control over anchoring yourself. And that is what I mean by taking control of what you can do. Does that make sense? It's a good analogy, I think. Right. So beautiful. Yeah. I love the I love the navigation analogies. They're like the best. Yeah. We're all on a journey. Go okay. Go I, I love the navigation because I love water. Also, the thing is, you know, the thing is people always want to be perfect. My thing is launch the boat. Then once you're launched, you're out there then you can course correct, but at least you have something to work with. So the issues I see are people are just wanting everything to be so perfect. My whole thing is massive, messy action. Just do it and then you fix things up. Because once you're, you've taken the step, you can't untake it. But if you're sitting there afraid to take a step because everything has to be perfect and perfection does not exist and it's self-abuse, perfectionism. I used to be a perfectionist, self-abuse because you're never going to be perfect. It's never going to work. Therefore, you're setting yourself up for failure every single day because you are trying to achieve something that is impossible to achieve, which is perfection. Okay. And you could look at it that I'm perfect no matter what. That's a different way of looking at it. That's not what perfectionists do. They pick and pick and pick, and that's not perfect. And this, so my whole thing is let go. And a lot of my mindset is to let go. There's two things there's going for it, but there's the other energy I work with, which is the letting go. You have to, Go for it, but you also have to learn to have a phase of, okay, now I'm just going to, I don't mean let go, stop doing work. It's not what I mean. I mean, in your mind, there's a, I do this letting go exercise 
where you have to practice both. You can't be all the time, uh, you know, can't always be running in your business. You have to run and walk. To me, the walking is when I'm doing the letting go. It's like, okay, you did everything we needed to do. Now let it cook a little, you know, let's let go, let go in your mind. I don't mean stop working. So it's kind of complex, yet it's simple. Um, and I think that people have, you know, who've done a lot of what I've done, they're really understanding what I'm saying. It's really not that hard. It's really just do your morning mindset that evolves, do the work, make sure you have a good strategy. Okay. And doing the mindset makes you not afraid to do the strategy because mm -hmm. most people are afraid of human contact. They're afraid of selling. They're afraid of anything where they have to communicate with a human being. And that is where the gold is. The people that make the most money are the ones developing their communication skills. Absolutely. And there's so, okay. So I'm glad you brought that up because that was kind of, that kind of leads into the next, the next question. So first we're, we're building our citadel, our fortress of, of positivity. We're setting us up ourselves up with, you know, a, a getting the day started with fire. Mm -hmm. Then we're course correcting with a good strategy. Um, mm -hmm. And then we're supporting that strategy with, with a strong mindset the entire time and getting back on the horse when things go south. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like to chat about about the concept of leverage. And, you know, as we've continued down through the path of our journey, sometimes consistently relying on our own, our own resources can mm -hmm. often lead to us either making mistakes, getting burnt out. Um, mm -hmm. What have you found helpful for yourself and clients in terms of stacking either automations, um, support networks, mm -hmm. other, other entrepreneurs, for example, to extend some leverage so that you can now reduce the odds of you fatiguing as yes. you move forward through your mission? Great question. That was the best question ever. I'm huge on delegation, okay? But delegation has to be done in a very intelligent way. So this is not how to delegate. Oh, I'm tired. Why don't I just hire that random lead generation service and hope they do a good job, okay? Well, 19 times out of 20, or even 99 times out of 100, these services are preying upon people that are weary and hopeful that they will do a good job, and they're desperate, okay? They are preying on that because the whole industry of lead generation services that do not work, they will take your money, and they say they're going to guarantee and give you back the money. They never do. And so basically, they are running their businesses just off attrition. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, oh, that person didn't work. And so now there's a lot of businesses running like that. A lot of Facebook ads managers work that way because most Facebook ads do not work now. They worked five years ago, even three years ago, they worked better. The algorithm kept changing. They're super expensive now. Facebook ads do work for some people, but the number they're working for is much lower than it used to be. We all know that, okay? Yet people keep spending so much money on Facebook ads why? Because they're desperate because their marketing is not working. So desperate people just throw money. They're just, oh, I'm just going to. So there's a whole industry based on people being desperate and throwing money at it. That's not how to delegate. How to delegate is mindfully figure out what you don't want to do in your business and hire somebody that's going to do that for you. Then you get that ball rolling. Okay. And that's integrating. I call it integration. So you're integrating one person. But what you don't do is go, oh, I need help and hire five people all at once. Why? Hiring people takes energy and time to make sure they're integrated into your business and properly coached and trained. That's another way not to do it. 
So the way I recommend, and I help my clients with that, we even hire people for my clients because we vet them, train them and pass them on. Okay. And then they have to pay the hourly. Okay. The point is you integrate one person and you get that person working well. Then when that's really the plate is in the air, then you're like, okay, now I need some more help. I'm going to find another person to integrate into my team. And then you're absorbing one by one people that works because you have to understand every time you hire somebody, it will take you time. Mm -hmm. It does take you time. And if it doesn't take you time, that means you're just throwing work at somebody and closing your eyes and hoping they do a good job, which is unfair for the worker, no matter where they're based in the world. And it's not going to work. Then you're setting yourself up for failure. Those people then who are not properly trained are not going to be truthful because they're like, I really want to perform, but I can't. So it's just a, it's a failing proposition. So, so yes, I have. And now the thing with hiring delegation is different. That's like VAs and such, right? For actual, I just hired a COO. I hired the COO because I was hurting. And that is the rule. You hire a big number two, a real hire, right? Like not a VA when you're hurting. You don't hire it before because that means you can still do it with your VA. It's still okay. It means it's too early. So what you do is those kinds of hire. I was hurting, but I waited and I, I waited and I recruited the right person because when you hire the wrong person, you're going to lose money. Wrong hires actually lose the company money. So mm -hmm. it's a dance you do, but yes, we do need help in our businesses, but we first have to fully understand the tasks that we are passing on before we throw that at somebody. And that's another mistake is, oh, I just want somebody to do my sales. And I say, are you good at your own sales? No, <laughs> you can't get a salesperson then. Sorry, you got to figure that out yourself. Right, right. Epic, epic. So I love I love that. And I love the, the, the order, the sequence in which everything needs to flow. Beautiful. Um, okay, so as we're, we're running short on time, I'll, I'll throw the last question that we have. I ask every guest this. Um, and it's really about decision making, because I, I really love the idea of dreams coming to reality. But for, unfortunately, or fortunately, dreams are built on actions. And then the mm -hmm. actions that we make in life are a byproduct of the decisions we make. So do right. you have a decision-making framework or a mental model that you particularly love and want to share? Yes, actually. And I had figured this out before I found out that Colin Powell uses it. Okay. The framework is this people that have to be a hundred percent sure about something. It's too late because mm -hmm. they, you know, they go over and over and over and over and over. I don't do that. I, I realized because I read that Colin Powell does this, I was doing it naturally. I make sure I'm about 50 to 75% sure about a decision. And then I make it. It's scary and you do it. He has the same rule. He calls it the 40, 40 to 70 rule, I think it is. Because he said, when you, like the state of, you know, he was Colin Powell, he was Secretary of State. And what, I mean, you know, he said, if you don't make decisions soon enough, you people are dying, right? Right. So you make sure you have, it's about the information. You make sure you have 40 to 70% of all the information you need to make that decision. So that's what I do. So I never say, oh my gosh, I need 100% because I know then I'm just going around and around. I know I'm just putting it off. I'm, I'm not, you know, and have I made bad decisions based on this? Sure. Have I made a lot of good decisions? Yes, because time is of the essence. And a lot about decision-making is if you don't do it at the right time, things happen and then you go back into a, oh, that's not going to work. And then you convince yourself something won't work, but it would have. 
Okay, so it's the 40 to 70% of information. And I meet people all the time and I give them information. And then I give it, and some of my clients are like, I'm in, I have enough information, good, success. There are some people I get on the call and they get, give them all the information. You get on another call, they ask the same questions over again. You, I'm very transparent, okay? Give them all the information. So we want it, okay, we give it in writing. And I'm, sometimes I'm just curious to see what, usually those people never work with me because they are gonna, they always need more information that's even available. Like I can't give them, I even said to one person, I've been on three calls with you. I said, I don't even know what information I could possibly give you. I've given you every single thing I could possibly tell you. It wasn't enough for him because you see, he had an insatiable level of information gathering that nobody could ever satisfy. Right. Right. right? Not a good decision maker. And then totally. the other thing that I swear by is once I make a decision, I'm all in. I don't then second triple guess because then I'm undermining my own actions by making a decision. I have a process and then I make it and then I'm questioning it. You don't do that. The questioning comes before the decision is made. Then you are hundred percent in and you make it work as well as you can. Even if it was a bad decision, you still make it work. And that I've gotten a lot of success by making lemonades out of lemons. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So good. So good. And okay. So I think I'd love to hear how we can stay in touch with you, how we can follow all the cool projects you've got going on. Um, how do we stay in, how do we support you and how do we stay in touch? Sure. Well, hopefully they know how my name is spelled <laughs> and they can find, you know, you guys, you can find me on, on Instagram. There's a lot of good content. I do a lot of reels and real information giving it real. Um, and then there's also Facebook. I just have my own Facebook under my own name. So if you're on LinkedIn, then same name on LinkedIn, Jeanne Amlor. And my website is all my name. If you just type in my name, jeanneamlor.com, jeanneamlor on Instagram, jeanneamlor, it's so simple. There's no weird name for it. Definitely. And also, you know, people can just reach out to me and send me a DM or anything. We're, we're very, I'm very accessible still. Fantastic. And we'll have your spelling in the episode title and the show notes. So you cannot go wrong. Great. And All you right. can also put the links to my social media there. They will be there. Beautiful. So John, thank you so much for, for taking the time to be here, sharing your story. And wow, there's just so much value in this. I think this is, this is one of those episodes you can go back and listen to another time um, just to get your mindset just fired up for the day. Thank you, Noah. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. With that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.